Podcast podcast here on castorscorner.com. I'm your host, Khalil. And uh, we took a break last week. It's summer. We were away and uh, had a podcast to edit um, and just was like, you know what? Just going to take a week off after a week, uh, a year of podcasts, which I, I don't think I missed any. I think we were late one day, but I don't think we actually took a week off. So um, I took a break. Um, and, and within that break, um, a, a couple of things happened. Uh, the Nacelle company put out the uh, next round of the movies that made us. Um, looking at Pretty Woman, Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump, and Back to the Future, and I was watching that over my break, and um, the opportunity came up between uh, a toy store near you and the new season of uh, movies that made us, and then them putting out all the new stuff between Silverhawks and and uh, uh, the another season of uh, the toys that made us. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of the uh, people behind the show. And so uh, Rich Myrick um, came on the show. He, I, I first uh, was introduced to him in, in a San Diego Comic-Con panel that, that we talk about a little bit and uh, realized that the guys on the stage were like the guys in the audience um, or we had things in common um, between Amazon and eBay boxes showing up daily at our houses or, or our work. And, um, this just is passion. I think passion for the medium and passion for the, uh, um, the culture. And, uh, it's been, it's been really great to, to get to know Rich and, and talk to him and, and, uh, hear about the fun projects they are going. So we spent a lot of time focusing on what they've done and, uh, what's hopefully coming and some of the ideas that they kind of put forth, uh, with Cabbage Patch Dolls and, uh, superheroes for the toys that made us and um looking for angles to kind of do that and then we talked a little bit about the production of a toy store near you which i i think has been um an inspirational you'll hear me say it's it's very inspirational to see them kind of during the pandemic be able to put this stuff together um so much so that you know we started our youtube channel um on a daily posting of toys so um it is in part thanks to them so it was it was really great to have this conversation uh, with Rich for sure, and uh, and and just talk about that. You can find everything at the company dot com, um, and then you can you know find all their social media. Uh, they've got multiples uh, from um, you know the Nacelle company itself, and then they've got one for um, uh, the toys that made us um, to uh, toys Nacelle. Uh, toys t-o-y-s-n-a-c-e-l-l-e on instagram um, and you can just follow them through all of those things um, and uh, support them and one of the big things is um, they want to produce more shows for us and part of that is the idea of what we need to you know continue to watch them on these platforms um, and uh, i mean if you could watch captain america 20 times why not watch Throw on the toys that made us. Leave it on the background while you're working. It's a great thing. You pick up on different things here and there. And I certainly want to see more from them. Um, they have done a great job kind of capturing this world that we live in and giving credit, um, as as we said in, in the podcast, to the unsung heroes. 
um, that kind of do all the work behind the scenes and don't always get the credit. And it's been great to see the uh, toy creators and designers get that notoriety um, and get those stories out of, of telling how the things that kind of shaped our childhood um, shaped in some ways their adulthood and, and their careers. Um, so it's been, it's been great to all that. So we, you know, it's a shorter podcast it's about half an hour. Um, but we get into all that stuff and, um, yeah. So the bottom line is just support them, like support them, go out, watch the shows, go on Amazon, go on Netflix, go on YouTube, watch all their shows, the toys, the stores, um, the toys are near you, uh, the toys that made us, the movies that made us and, uh, follow them, support them and, and do all that. And uh, they've got a lot more projects, too. They've got some podcasts going, and uh, there was some news that they might be working on um, uh, some work with uh, Silverhawks, and there's, just, there's, there's a lot, lot coming. So I'm very excited to see all that happen. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's about it. Uh, our toy of the day, misnumbered as it is, continues to go. We will hit 365 sometime early December. Um, and I'm planning on doing a whole podcast about it. So hopefully you'll enjoy that of the making of 365 and, um, uh, follow us. We are at casters corner on all social media. Uh, check out here. You're here. So subscribe, rate, review, and, and share it out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, of course, um, for daily content from us. And yeah, that's all I got. It's a Monday night. It's late. And, uh, ready to get going with podcasts again we've got some fun guests coming up we've got a great show with jesse and dj and all that so um without further ado it is myself it's rich myrick um, from the nacelle company talking all things that made us and are, are, are near us uh enjoy everybody On 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 uh, on my Zoom and my Zoom. So, Fantastic. Um, I'm such a. <clears throat> I, I I think it took me at least like recording four in progress. Sorry. Before I uh, realized that you could do uh, split track audio on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great to be able to like you know do everything with it and. What did we ever do without it? I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea. It's one of those things where, I, you know, I'm happy that like the world caught up with it. Um. Because it's like, oh, this makes this kind of communication so much easier. But like, <laughs> I just, I yeah. don't want people not to go back, to, like to go away from it. I'm like, no, it's here. Let's keep using it. So exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, this, this is fun for me because it's one of those moments where I know you because I was in a Comic-Con panel watching you on stage. Oh man. <laughs> talking about being like a collector and, and nerd and geek like me. And so I was like, this, this is a little surreal at the moment. <laughs> so oh, it's fun. Well, thank you, man. It's um, still surreal for me every day. If that makes you feel any better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it feels like so long ago. Cause like it was Comic-Con 19, right? Like, which, which feels like any, yeah, we did one, we did a panel on in 2018 and a panel on 2019. Yeah. Um, and they both feel like an absolute eternity ago. It's insane. And it's it's weird too because it, it feels like to me that um like we don't get like I'm I'm used to like news coming up. Like we get news all the time, like it's a constant flow of like news, but that San Diego kind of like 
announcement dump from everybody where it's like you, you get everything, you get trailers, you get interviews, you get panels, you get all this stuff. And like, we don't get that. Um, it doesn't feel like we get as much because it's no. so spaced out. Um, or the access to like, to, to the stuff that you guys are doing. We see it on, on Twitter. We see it on Instagram and Facebook, but it doesn't feel as concentrated or I, I hate to say it, as exciting because you don't have that like season, like that yeah. convention season. And we've kind of held off on some stuff that we normally would. I mean, like had there been a comic con this year, we would have had our panel and we would have announced some pretty, you know, bonkers stuff that's coming up, but it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of, of strategic weight to these announcements and and nothing against Comic-Con at home right. because I mean, God bless them. They're doing the best they can with the circumstances. And they, I think they, they've done a great job both years, but you know, there's things that we just don't want to put out there into the public sphere, you know, order and, and, and have them kind of just like fall on a, a, a less than, you know, present audience. So right. it's like, we have to now kind of like hold back on some of this stuff till, we can actually have the the avenue and venue that we want to 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 announce it all. So hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, maybe this Thanksgiving down in San Diego, you know, we'll do a panel and we'll announce some stuff. But yeah, it's just it's been it's been tough to adjust. It's been definitely tough to adjust. Well, and and like you said, you want the excitement, you want the the present audience where it's like, um, like I just remember the whole day everybody talking at that panel going. Oh, what movies are they going to do for the the movies that made us? Like, right. what are they going to do with that? Like, oh, what else could we do? And like the buzz of like what like walking out of that panel room that day was like, well, what other toy lines can they do? Like mm-hmm. that because there was a lot of questions. Like, I think in the audience going, well, do Thundercats, and and Brian was like, it's it it was good, but like there's not the the narrative that you get with He Man or you get with Transformers or exactly. Um. And you guys know it because you guys have done the research on it. So you guys would know better in some ways than we would. Um, but like the buzz that kind of comes out of that and that continued kind of like carryover. Um, like you guys did a Comic-Con at Home panel last year, I think, with Vonner. Yep. And I caught it like a couple weeks later. And I'm like, this is a great panel. Like there's a lot of great stuff here, but I, I didn't hear as much buzz about it. Like how many, how many people watched it? Cause right. I mean, like people want to have some sort of comic con experience, but when it comes to brass tacks, like how many people are actually in front of their computers all weekend for comic con at home. And I think a lot of it, unfortunately, just has to do with zoom fatigue. You know, people yeah. have been spending two years, a year and a half feels like two years, you know, in front of their computers on zooms. And it's great. As great as all these panels and the content is, it's just, it's a lot to ask people to, to do the same thing they do five days a week for work now on their weekends as like a recreational sort of thing. And I get it. You know, I totally get yeah. it. There were panels this past year in Comic-Con at home that I, I had 10 of them that I bookmarked that I was really yeah. excited to see. And it took a lot for me to actually sit down and watch most of them just because it was just like, oh, God, OK, all right. Well, so. yeah, and it's con season, right? So it's like you're at the con. That's what you have to do. So you you're, have to do. Yeah, you're at home. You got to do the laundry. You got to take the dog out. Somebody calls on the phone like you're distracted. You don't have that same kind of attention span that you right. would if you were focused Um because like I, I watched Suicide Squad last night and mm-hmm. I got an hour into it and I took a break and watched another half hour and then I got home from work tonight and I finished the movie and I'm like, this wasn't a great, it was a good movie, but it wasn't a great experience. Like, it's And do you think, do you think you would have had a better experience watching that if you were in a theater? Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Would have been so much I just, more intense. I, uh, I feel the same way. Um, I mean, look, I have 
gazillion DVDs and Blu-rays. Lord knows I watch enough movies at home, but for stuff that I haven't seen yet, you know, that first experience, I want it to be in a theater if all possible. I went to go to the uh, CityWalk uh, AMC the other night just to go see The Green Knight because mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to be a movie that it was going to warrant a theatrical experience. And like, yeah. if you're, if you want to go to a movie and you're a little still worried about going to a movie, I, I recommend going to the 10 o'clock shows on Tuesdays <laughs> because I think there were two other people in the theater period. But mm-hmm. I, after afterwards, it was just like, yep, there, there was no way I would have gotten the same experience watching this movie had I just watched it at home. Um, I've heard great things about that movie. So it's gorgeous. I, just gotta, I gotta check it out. Um, but I will say this, it does afford, and, and this is a nice little segue. It does afford for you guys to do projects like um, a toy store near you. Sure. Um, what was that Which, experience like for you guys? I will say that, and I mean this, you know, in the most sincere, not company speak manner possible. It's probably one of the most rewarding things that I've done so far in my entire career. Uh, it's, and again, it was something that was completely born out of just, you know, Brian and I looking at the state of things in the early days of COVID. Cause we'd kind of tossed around an idea to do kind of like a travel like show before mm-hmm. and um, you know, things you get busy, other things pop up and, you know, ideas just kind of get put on the back burner and, you know, it was always something there, but once the uh, you know, pandemic hit and, you know, we, we go to our local toy stores in Burbank on a weekly basis. We had a blast in the past and black hat and mm. all these stores. And, you know, it's just like, these are places that are near and dear to my heart. You know, Lord knows I had uh, a bunch of them back in Chicago where I grew up um, that I would go to visit every time I went home to visit my family. So it was just like the, 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 you know, realization that this was going to hit stores like that harder than a lot of other stores and what we could do, like, what can we do to, to kind of help these stores out, help keep them on the map, um, maybe bring awareness to uh, people that wouldn't otherwise know that they were there and, and, you know, just do something we, to just kind of get them through. And, and that's kind of how it all started out is just, uh, that was the formulation of the idea. And then talking to the stores and kind of like getting them on board and explaining the concept and the premise, uh, it, it just became such a, like an uh, organic thing. Like they all got it right away and they all kind of became like, it, it wasn't, I mean, like, obviously it's a process, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these store owners, you know, they're not cinematographers and they're not directors. And, you know, like this was their first time doing anything like this, but it just, they all caught on so quick and they all kind of, understood what we were trying to do and uh yeah it was just such a rewarding process to to kind of see them see all their kind of creative inspiration come through because it's each one has its own story each one is very unique and uh it's it's been a joy to watch those stories come to life you know yeah i i i think at least one one per season at least one store per season i felt um a connection to or like a I wish that store was in my town. Um, and I, and I've reached out to at least one per season to say, Hey, you know, let us know if we can help promote either on the podcast, if you want to come on, um, their schedules have all been super busy. Um, but if you want to come on the podcast, if you want to talk about your stuff, if you want to do that, and if I see anything in the back of any of the shots that I want, I will be ordering from you guys. Um, (laughs) And it's it's been fun trying to find those connections in in every season of like something that really, um, like strikes you and kind of there, there's a there's a kinship that 
I think is missing in the collecting community because there's so much competition. Yeah. Like we're all striving to kind of get that thing. And and, it's gotten so cutthroat lately. Like people are just like, it's like they've gotten away from that sense that this is a community like on every regard. And, and, and just, yeah, this idea that I need to get it before everybody else. And if I do, then in your face and all that jazz, like it's just like that just stuff needs to go away. Cause it's not, it's not good for the hobby. No, it isn't. And it, 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 you know, I, I think a lot of us are working towards this idea of, of community um, and of helping everybody out. And it really gives us a little bit of a black eye in some cases where it's like, oh, they're, they're the ones that are going to be annoying or they're the ones that are going to be like pushy or they're the ones that are going to be rude. And it's like, no, we kind of just like toys and we like our childhood and we want to relive it and <laughs> we want to have fun yeah. with this stuff. And, and how can we help each other um, right. to do better? So, uh, you know, and... God, if I can get a road trip going one day, um, I'd like to hit a few of these places. That there was the there's one, well, there's one the lesser one um, in England was like yep. I would. That's like Joseph Hand, a fantastic oh human being. Love yeah, that dude. Yeah, and the shop itself, like all the stuff he has in there, I'm like, God, I would sell a house just to to buy everything that's in that store. Like it's yeah. just it's amazing. Um. Have uh, did you have you ever been to the one in Chicago personally? Uh, for uh, so the I, season? I have been to uh, I've been to Brick a Brack uh-huh. and Smash Toys um, several times. We have one coming up in uh, season four that's also in Chicago. Okay. Um, so uh, those are stores. Like, I grew up in you know Northwest Indiana, like right outside Chicago, and I moved mm-hmm. out to LA in 2007. But um, you know, a lot of these stores popped up after it, I'd already moved out to LA, but my sister still lives out there and, you know, she's a big nerd like me. So she'd, you know, send me, you know, these, uh, you know, updates like, Hey, there's a story you should check out next time you're home. So it became a ritual. Every time uh, I visit my folks back home over the holidays and whatnot, I would go and shop at all of these stores. And, um, I would always have to bring an extra suitcase home yep. because of all the stuff <laughs> that I would pick up while I was visiting family. Um, yeah, there, I found one once up in upstate New York. It was, I couldn't find, I had a GPS for it and I couldn't find it. And it turned out to be a like double size, like, or four car garage in the back of somebody's house. <laughs> but it had like mask. It had like sealed 70s um, Star Wars Jeez. stuff. Like it was one of those places that you're like, all right, everybody, I'm going in here. Here's the address. If you don't hear from me in half an hour, send the police. But it it was just like this treasure trove of stuff, and it's it's fun to kind of find these places, um, and I think that I think the show captures some of that magic of finding some of the like the offbeat places um, to kind of you know frequent that stuff. It's it was absolutely it's fun to watch because there's there's so many out there. I mean, like uh, it took me I don't know how many years that I was out here in Los Angeles already before I was able to give over to Kokomo for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking into that store for the first time and my jaw just hitting the floor. Cause it's just like, you just, it's all, it's so overwhelming. You just don't expect it. And it's, yeah. I mean, like the, the store is impressive. Todd and Amber, the owners are, are a delight. It's just uh it is, it is truly a destination location, you know? And it, it and the show is going to continue, right? I know that you guys had said that you were shooting a ton and Correct. releasing them as they were ready. So Correct. there is a season four on the horizon. Correct. We're working on season four as we speak. And, you know, we plan on, on keeping it going as long as, you know, we have stores that have 
you know, committed to, uh, to having episodes made. And that's, and, and again, the whole thing is, it was a learning experience. You know, we'd never done a show that didn't directly involve us with a production crew in a location, you know, like mm-hmm. for the most part shooting, you know, the stuff ourselves and, you know, having, you know, an on site, uh, field producer and all that jazz. So like being able to, to, to produce a show, um, like this one with the, you know, the, the quality that we, you know, pride mm-hmm. ourselves on and, and, and basically putting all of that responsibility on the store owners, we knew it was going to be, you know, something that we'd never done before, but it's, it's worked out beautifully. And again, you know, all the credit to in the world to, to the stores who have, you know, uh, helped us produce these episodes because they've gone above and beyond, but you know, it's, um, it's, it's a lengthier process than we were, you know, initially imagined. So, mm-hmm. you know, these things take time to get these episodes to where we need them to go, but yeah, we are diligently working on them as hard as we can and as fast as we can. I think it's inspiring too, a little bit, the idea of the way, because I think I talked to Brian right before the Billy galaxy episode, kind of that first season aired. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember thinking like, initially watching, you know, the toys that made us and thinking, God, this is really well produced. You know, you, you see the production value in the interviews with the creators and, and, and the, cause I've been, I've been trying to pay attention to like the editing stuff and seeing how you guys make cuts and stuff like that. And it was, you know, from going from that to a toy store near you, um, it felt very seamless, but then Mm -hmm. hearing how you guys did it, from a person who's like producing this out of his house, like a podcast and and daily videos out of his house. It was a little bit of inspiring. I think that's around the time where I started my daily trend to do uh, 365 videos in in a year. And it's like, yeah, like it's, it's an inspiration to, to see that, to say, okay, if you guys can do it, you guys are professionals and and you're giving people that aren't professionals the tools to do it, um, it, it it allows us to kind of also say, well, maybe we can stretch a little bit. Maybe we can be a little bit more part of a community and help out too and talk about stuff. And um, it's it's been fun to watch it kind of grow um, and, and see how you guys have produced the produced the hell out of it is the only way I can say it. it, it, it Thank you. Great. It really does. Well, the, inspi- the inspiring thing too is like, because of the inherent way that we produce it and because, you know, it's shot by the owners at their location, um, it gives the owners and it gives the stores that participate this added sense of investment. You know, when they when they can watch the finished episode, like they can sit back and know how much of that, you know, they poured into that episode. And it just, I think that comes through in each episode too. Yeah. You know, like there is a a sense of, of passion and, and, you know, earnestness to it because this is, they're, they're doing this themselves. And it's, uh, it's really cool to see. And it's, 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 you know, it's uh, a fun process on our end to, to take everything they send us and, and put it all together and, and, and have that process, uh, you know, go from episode to episode. And the thing that you mentioned about community is really cool too, because one of the things, you know, obviously the objective of the series was obviously to, to get, people out there aware of these stores and to, to help them out and put them on the map and, and give them a showcase for their, their story and their, uh, their location. But one of the things that's kind of come out of all that is the community between the stores themselves, like, mm-hmm. because there's this kind of alumni community that's yeah. kind of sprung up since the show has premiered and amongst like the stores that have already aired and the stores that are, are slated to air, like 
they are now a community into themselves and they're talking to each other more and it's it's kind of just grown before us and that to me is is one of the most that that might be the most rewarding thing of all is just that we're truly helping like you know weave this this net this network of of independent toy stores out there who are again like there's not that cold-blooded cutthroat sense of competition it's all whole family like we're all in this together and we all you know, rise higher if we pull each other up, you know? So that's yeah. that whole thing that's happening uh, through the show is, is, is amazing to see. I thought it was interesting too, to see you guys include um, super seven as, as part of the series mm-hmm. being like, I mean, for a lot of us, because we don't live in, in that area in California, um, don't think of it as a store. We think of it as a toy company a, like sure. Jazzwares or Necker or Mezco, like, you know, a small, like a more boutique one, but, um, but they're doing big things now. Um, mm-hmm. and it was interesting to kind of see that perspective of like, Hey, no, like that where they are now and the things that they're producing now is a result of them doing what they're doing and liking what they're doing, but opening a store. So opening was, store. Yeah. It was nice to see that, that different perspective of like, it's not just like a collector that was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm spending too much money. I need to make some more money and <laughs> I got to figure out, you know, how to not buy everything on my own shelves. Um, so that was, it was a really interesting thing because there's not, I don't, I don't, I can't think of another toy company that actually has like a brick and mortar store that kind of is, is, a, is, is an important part of their identity too. Right. And I mean, and then Brian and all those guys over at super seven, you know, they're just like the rest of us, you know, they are as, into this, you know, to their necks as we are, you know, Mm. they're collectors themselves they're nerds themselves. So, um, I think that kind of, you know, shows itself in their store and their episode too. And, you know, we've always been mindful since we started this thing to include, you know, as many different kinds of stores as possible, you know, so we have a store like super seven and we have a store like Wonderworks. We have stores in there that, you know, reflect every kind of like incarnation of toy store out there. Yeah, no, it was, it, you know what the other thing is you, you, you reached out, um, you know, that the season three was coming out, um, when that, like that week it came out to me and, um, I was like, yeah, no, no, I was planning on watching them and I, I was doing pictures and I was doing photo reviews and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm typing and, and I threw on the episodes and I, I was just going to watch them while I was working. And I was like, I can't do it. I couldn't, it, it's one of those shows for me that I think, you guys purposely did it very well that it's it's not one that you can just at least the first viewing you can't watch just in the background. There's so much to there's so there's much to see. So much to see and and there's a couple of them um episodes as you guys have done between all the series that you guys have done where there's subtitles. <laughs> right. And you're like, "Okay, well I really I really have to pay attention <laughs> if I'm if I don't speak the language, um, so like they, you, you get grounded. You have to, you have to watch, like you have to pay attention to it. Um, so, um, I do have a question about the, yeah. the newest stuff you guys did. So I'm halfway through the season of, uh, the, the movies that made us mm-hmm. and back to the future is probably one of my all time favorite. It's probably my favorite movie. Like I can watch it. Never gets old. Never like slog through. I, it feels like it flies. Um, was it, my question about it is there have been so many documentaries recently between the DeLorean, um, rebuilding it, remodeling it, the, the, the movie itself, um, Bob Gale's on interviews was putting that together. Was it, 
was it hard for you guys to find an angle or the stories that would differentiate that episode from the other documentaries that have come out recently? That's, that's always our, our prime objective with that show is to tackle those stories and those movies in a way that hasn't already been done, you know, a dozen times over. So yeah, it's definitely the most challenging, but it's also the thing we're always most mindful of because, you know, a lot of these movies, you know, they've been released with special features and things have been discussed in the past, but, you know, our goal is always to tell a fresh story and to tell the stories of people, maybe the unsung heroes of those movies that haven't had their stories told in, in previous, you know, um, you know, docs or, or supplemental features or whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that is always at the the forefront of the strategy when we, when we both plot the, the story we want to tell and, and, and furthermore, even the movies you want to do. And it kind of goes back to what you mentioned about Thundercats. Um, and again, like <laughs> not ruling out that we'll never do Thundercats, right. but it's one of those things as an example, though, it's something may sound good on paper, but the amounts, and, and I, I don't feel hesitant to say the exhaustive amount of, you know, research and pre-research that we do on these things. Um, you know, we, we do that. So we know when we go into it, that we're doing it for the right reasons and we have the right story to tell. And that's not to say that that story might not change once the actual, you know, process begins and the production of the episode begins, but, you know, something that people, you know, have fond memories of and, and, and enjoy the toys still, you know, the story behind it might not be something that, you know, is worth spending an entire episode devoted to. So all of those things are, are factored in and it, and it's, it's a lengthy process, but it's one that I think, you know, results in a quality product at the end. The Jurassic Park one has been fascinating to watch, um, learning about how, how it changed, um, how things were done. Um, right. the idea of models versus, um, animation. And then I was watching something else and the, the name escapes me, the guy, the model maker who was really pissed in the episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, for that, for that episode though, like what Steve Williams did, yeah. as Williams did in the, in the episode, like that kind of cutting edge unprecedented work is why that episode or that movie still looks like it could have been shot last year and it holds up so much better than a lot of the stuff that came out afterwards is just because of the, I mean, it's the incredible way they were able to uh, fuse CGI and practicals. Yeah. And, and it's, it's stuff where I go, Oh wait, I saw him on another doc and I saw him on another, cause you know, I watched a bunch of other ones and I'm like, Oh, I recognize these names now. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's, it's nice to give the other, some of the unsung heroes of these movies and, and films, um, you know, the credit that they're due, um, right. That people don't get to hear about. And that's, that's kind of the been, you know, one of the underlying themes of toys that made us throughout all three seasons too, is, is giving all of those people who, you know, devoted their, their lives to making these, you know, beloved toy lines, like a voice, you know, and a chance to actually, you know, tell their story on how the stuff all came together. Cause I mean, you look at movies and TV shows and, you know, album, album liner notes, and you have a, a pretty comprehensive list of what everyone did. And it wasn't like that for toys for no. a long time. You know, you bought your GI Joe, you bought your He-Man figure, you flip that package over. You don't know who did the product design. You don't know who did the sculpting. You don't know who did any of the stuff because it was all just, you know, it was all just buried and, and not in the public consciousness. So having that show provide all of those people, all those men and women who did so much amazing stuff, a chance for people to actually say, Oh, that's the person who that that's the reason I have snake eyes. That's the reason I have my Barbie. Like that kind of stuff is, is crucially important to me, you know? And that's one of the most rewarding things about that series is giving those people 
you know, they're just due and, and they're, you know, accolades. Is, is that, and, and you guys mentioned you, Nacelle put out a, a, a Instagram post today saying like, if you want to see more of all this stuff, you know, watch it, you know, we need, yeah. we need more ratings. We need more people watching it. We need more views, please, you know, do it. If you love it, do it so that, you know, we can get more is the toys that made us theoretically continuing. Like is, are there other properties you're looking at? They would bring? not be a part of that call to action if it wasn't okay. something that we would like to do. And it's, again, it's one of those things where, look, if we, you know, we would be happy to make these shows, you know, as long as people are watching them, which, you know, sounds trite, but it's true. it's like, that's, we, we do what we love because, you know, the audience out there ideally loves it too. And, and watches it and watches all the episodes. So, and that's just really how, you know, um, a lot of things working right now, metric wise and algorithm wise, like, you know, people need to watch the stuff in order for, you know, the people who green light the things to allow us to make more things. So that's, that's really the long <laughs> and short of it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I, 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 you know, I'm racking my brain going, well, what else could they do? Like, cause you hit all the big ones, like the really, really big ones. And I'm like, what, what else could they do? And I'm, you know, thinking about all the things and, and I, I, I have ideas, but I have, I, I still don't know because everything else feels so modern. Like you guys hit like the milestones that kind of took us into well, in, the, in the caption. If you'll notice in the caption from our post, there are three lines that we mentioned in particular, three toy lines that, you know, people have asked us about, you know, since season three, since before season mm-hmm. three. And, and, you know, those include superheroes and hot wheels and cabbage patch kids, which, um, are three very, you know, mountain Rushmore type, you know, yeah. toy lines that, that, you know, deserve to have their story told. So, I mean, that, that post is a, you know, a call to action so we can make those and, and movie wise, there's oh movie wise yeah. more than we have time to, to yeah. even, you know, talk about that are out there. So yeah, there are definitely, there's still some, some stuff in the tank, um, for toys that we'd like to, you know, ideally fingers crossed, uh, pursue. So, so just I know we're getting to the end of our time, but um, one of the things that came up um, in the panel that at Comic-Con that year was the amount of packages that you were getting daily to the office. <laughs> and and Brian said that his, his packages are start or were starting to rival yours or, or his collecting was starting to ramp up um, to catch up with you through the pandemic. Did, did that continue for you? Was that a trend that continued and does it continue today? Through the pandemic, I would say that that trend has not only continued, but probably increased. And I feel a lot of it is probably, you know, just uh, kicking the pandemic blues of a little retail therapy. But yeah, Brian and I are still very much neck and neck on on, on packages that we have coming in. And and I have a, a, a stack building in my office here at home now that I'm just waiting to be able to actually go back into the office to uh to display it at my uh in my in my workspace because uh yeah i'm running i'm I'm getting close to max capacity here at home <laughs> yeah i know the feeling what's the um what what was the the big one for the year or what was the more recent like bigger uh, thing that kind of like uh, was like oh my god i finally got it there was a cut i mean there's been a <laughs> there's been a few few uh quote-unquote grails that i've scratched off as of late but uh I got a carded. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Underworld Warriors line. Mm-hmm. It goes by uh, Skull Force and a yep. couple other names. But the Witch, I okay. got that one carded on a, a Skull Force card. So that's my favorite one from that line. So that one came in not too long ago, and actually just this week, I got the the Wolfman figure from the Remco American Defense line from the the last series, which was the Spy series. Okay, it's probably one of the coolest figures Remco ever made, but it's just a just 
you know it's I, so hard to find and I, uh Rem- looking for it for years <clears throat> remco's the one that did like the haunted house right with the they did the uh monster play case yes and all the uh, three and three quarter uh, universal monster figures too I f- right i feel like that was like a yearly purchase for me as a kid like i'd break it eventually and then my family i'd be like i love the universal monsters from watching abbott and costello Absolutely, and, <clears throat> and they'd buy me another one, and then at some point it would fall apart and break, and I'd get another <laughs> one. Um, and then I recently went back to look, and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't afford an old one. <laughs> like, it's crazy how much some of this stuff has exploded in the yeah. past five years, and it's funny. And uh, my my buddy Nick, who's uh, you know our editor on movies and toys, uh, also gets as many packages as as Brian and I. We were talking, uh, you know, when last year, back in 2020, when the pandemic was kind of starting to take shape, you know, we were kind of speculating as to what this was going to, how this was going to affect the hobby and and whether people, you know, due to, you know, terrible unfortunate circumstances or whatnot, were going to unload their collections. Yeah. And if this is going to be bad for the hobby, if this is like, what was going to happen? What, what was, what were things going to look like coming out of it? And, and then the exact opposite happened. You know, we have a lot of people who, have some, you know, discretionary income and, and nothing to do. And they're sitting at home and they're not spending their money on anything else. And they're all on eBay and they're all occupying their time by yeah. going out and buying all the toys that they, you know, used to play with. And so like, it just caused everything to skyrocket and it's still there. It's yeah. still going up. Um, yeah. You know, one of the ones that I went after last year, and I know you guys can't talk about it yet, but Silverhawks went mm-hmm. from like, I don't know, 90 bucks a figure to like 300. And yeah. I had, I lucked out last month and found somebody getting rid of some of his doubles that were like mint um not packaged they were loose but they were mint and i think i spent 250 and got like five figures and i was like i don't know how i pulled that off but it's you can like, still get some pretty good deals yeah here and there uh, it's just a matter of timing you know right place at the right time i'm curious to see how things are going to go with robo force now that we've acquired it and we'll, we'll be reintroducing it soon so um everyone out there yeah. sleeping on the old robo force line <laughs> Grab it now before they they go through the roof. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, it. man. Thanks was, for having it me. It was great to have you on and and hear about the projects. Um, you know, we'll put up links to everything. And is there any place you want people to go to kind of or last call that you want to tell people? Oh to yeah, to? I mean, please make sure to follow Toys and Sell on Instagram um, and the Sell Company on Instagram, um, Facebook. You can find us in the same spots. Uh, please watch Toys Made Us and Movies That Made Us, Toy Store Near You, Behind the Attraction, uh, Down to Earth, and all the other great shows we've got out. And uh, we've got a lot more on the way. Uh, I cannot wait to announce some of the stuff that we've got on the horizon, but stay tuned. A lot of amazing stuff coming. Great. Thank you so much. Hold Thank on. you. This podcast was brought to you by Jackson Studios. Jax!